St. Paul tells us today in our epistle lesson, let us think the same thing and walk in line with what we have already attained. Amen. My dear Christian friends, the parable of the wicked tenants in our gospel lesson is a strange story. A landowner plants a vineyard, he rents it out to some tenants, and then he goes away to a faraway land. He's gone for a long time, but when it's harvest time, he sends his servants to go to that vineyard and collect his rent, his part of the harvest. But he finds that the tenants don't want to pay. Instead, they beat some of the servants. They stone others, and then they kill the rest. After being cheated out of his rent and having so many of his servants brutalized and murdered, what does the vineyard owner do? Well, he doesn't say, I know what I'll do. I'm going to send in my army and he, I'm going to teach them a lesson that they'll never forget. No, instead he says, I know what I'll do. I'll send my beloved son to those tenants. They'll respect him. Not only does this landowner give these wicked tenants another undeserved chance, but he risks the life of his beloved son to give them that chance. What do these tenants do? Instead of repentance, there is, there is rage. Instead of payment, there is pulverizing. The beloved son becomes a bloody corpse. This vineyard imagery represents the Old Testament children of Israel. God had chosen them out of all of the nations of the world to be his chosen people. He promised them the land of Canaan. He rescued them out of slavery in Egypt and brought them into that promised land of Canaan, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. He established Israel as a great kingdom under King David and King Solomon. God did all of this for them out of grace. Israel did nothing. They deserved nothing. In return, all God wanted from them was faith. Faith in him as their only God and then to bear the fruits of faith. The fruits of faith like worship, obedience, and sacrifice. But instead, the people worshipped false gods. They sacrificed to pagan gods. They worshipped in their pagan temples. So God sent his servants, his Old Testament prophets to call his people to repentance, to say, repent and return to the Lord. But instead, they refused to listen. They rejected their message. They beat some, they stoned some, and they murdered the rest. What will God do? Well, God sends his beloved son. Do the people respect the son? No. The chief priests and the Pharisees, the ones that are hearing Jesus tell this story, they know this story is about them. And yet, later on, they go and they have Jesus arrested and scourged and brutally murdered. But friends, this vineyard imagery also applies to us. 
God has placed us into the vineyard of this world. He does everything for us. He provides us with clothing and shoes, house and home, family and all that we own. He has placed us particularly into what we might say a promised land that may not be flowing with milk and honey, but is flowing with liberty and freedom. He has graciously given us Lutheran churches, a Lutheran grade school, a Lutheran high school. He especially has freed us from the slavery of our sin. In return, all God asks for us is faith. To faith to believe in him and his son. Faith that then bears the fruits of faith. Fruits of faith like worship, obedience, and sacrifice. And yet, what do we do? Children. God sends his teachers into your classrooms, but so often you refuse to listen and you pile up your late work. People, God sends pastors into the pulpits and churches to preach a message of repentance and returning to the Lord to believe the good news of the gospel, and yet so often we refuse to repent and believe. God offers us the sweet gifts of his forgiveness of sins that comes in word and sacraments through the Bible and his baptism and Lord's Supper. But so often we choose things like kids' sports, work, sleeping in, video games, vacation time and uh, family time to fill up our time and our calendar. We want more than what God is offering us through his spoken, sung, and written word, more than he's offering us in a splash of water, a little sip of wine, and a taste of bread. What will God do? Well, God will send his beloved son into the vineyard of the world. Do we respect the son? No. Our sins cause the Son of God to suffer. Our sins put the Son of God onto a cross. Our rejection of worship and obedience and sacrifice that makes us just as guilty as the Old Testament children of Israel, just as guilty as the wicked tenants. What will God do with us? Notice how Jesus does not tell us the ending of this story. Instead, he allows his hearers to do that. He asks, so when, does, so when the landowner comes, what will he do to those tenant farmers? His audience provides the ending to the story. They told him, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. Then he will lease out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his fruit when it is due. So what will God do to those wicked tenants, to the children of Israel, to the chief priests and the Pharisees? What will he do to us? At a certain point, you know, you just have to cut your losses and move on. When you have a vehicle that is in the repair shop more than it's on the road, it's probably time for you to cut your losses, get rid of that lemon, and move on. If you have a house plant that you keep nurturing and watering and fertilizing and yet it just keeps dropping its leaves, it's probably time to just 
cut your losses, throw it away, and move on. There comes a time in our life that we need to cut our losses and move on. And so you would think, at a certain point, any normal God would cut his losses, move on, and start over. Any normal God would wash his hands of us and then delight in our suffering. Any normal God would send his angelic army down to bring wrath and justice upon his wicked tenants. That might be what any normal pagan God would do, but that is not what the true and triune God does. He is a God who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He is the God who wants everyone to repent and to come to faith and salvation. Our God does not fight against us. Our God fights for us. He fights for us by sending his beloved son into the vineyard of this world. And instead of considering us as his enemies because of the way that we continue to fight against him with our rejection of worship, obedience, and sacrifice, instead of fighting against us, that beloved son comes to fight for us against our enemies of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. The beloved son does not come on a, exalting himself on a throne and wearing a golden crown. He does not come fighting with swinging fists and stomping feet. He does not come to kill us. Instead, the beloved son comes to humble himself by laying himself down on the altar of the bloody cross and wearing a crown of thorns. He comes allowing his fists and his feet to be nailed to that bloody cross. He comes to be killed by us and for us. Jesus says, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. With these words, Jesus is quoting Psalm 118. And with this parable... Jesus is foreshadowing his own rejection and death. This rejection and death is for our salvation. It is the cornerstone of everything we believe for that salvation. God, the owner of the vineyard, uses the death of his beloved son to redeem us, to redeem wicked servants like us. Even though you deserve destruction, God sends his son for your salvation. Completely out of his grace, God uses his son's destruction in order to rescue you from hellish destruction. God uses the death of his beloved son to redeem you from an eternal death. He uses the death of his son to rescue and redeem you. To redeem means to buy you back from the devil and your empty way of life. As St. Paul tells us today in our second lesson, Christ redeemed you from your destruction, from the God of your own appetite, from your shame, from your eagerness for earthly things. Instead, through faith in that son, he gives you a citizenship in his kingdom of heaven. Jesus buys you back and then he makes you worthy of being tenants in his heavenly kingdom. 
this redemption and this salvation is yours through faith in the Father and the Son, through the faith that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. And all God, the owner of this vineyard, asks of you is to have faith, to receive the blessing of faith through that Holy Spirit, and then to bear the fruits of faith. And those fruits of faith are, among others, worship, obedience, and sacrifice. Children, he desires for you to listen to your teachers. Get your homework in on time. And you do this not in order to have God love you, but because God already loves you. People, God desires for you to listen to the message that your call pastors give to you. That message to repent and return to the Lord for the forgiveness of sins. You do this not to earn heaven, but because heaven has already been earned and given for you. Parents, God desires for you to prioritize his spiritual gifts of his heavenly kingdom over his physical gifts of this earthly kingdom. Not to gain the vineyard from the Son as your inheritance, but because the Son has already given you the inheritance of his eternal heavenly kingdom. As St. Paul says, let us think the same thing and walk in line with what we have already attained. Christ Jesus is the cornerstone of the Father's kingdom. Through him, the Lord builds up his kingdom. We, through faith in the Son, are like stones in that building of God's kingdom. What will God do? Isn't it comforting to know that you have such a loving God, a good and gracious God, a God who doesn't cut his losses and move on, a God who hasn't given up on you, and will not give up on you. So perhaps instead of asking, what will God do, we can be asking, what has God done for you? He has sent his beloved son into this world to redeem and rescue his wicked tenants. So spend the rest of this day, Lord willing, spend the rest of your days thanking God that he does not give up on you. Amen.